Hello, and welcome to Sketch in Review, the SNL sketch review show produced out of two apartments in metropolitan areas. Okay. There, listen, there are better SNL review shows that have a lot bigger budgets than our zero dollars. <laughs> zero dollars and not much more time spent recording in the, in the editing room. Uh, yeah, listen, listen, like, what you can basically say that whatever, uh, whatever time this podcast shows as, like, runtime, uh, the amount of time it takes to make this podcast is the time it takes to record, plus watching the episode, <laughs> plus five minutes of editing for the video, and I assume probably, like, seven minutes of editing for the audio. You assume too much. I just assume, because you, you also have to convert the video to an audio format. <laughs> oh, you... you. <laughs> Yeah, I, I put it. I put it in uh, in uh, what is it? Adobe uh, uh, aud- audition. Um, <laughs> and then when I when I put the uh, the video file into audition, it says we can't work with this file. We'll convert this to an MP3 for you. And I was like, oh no, you've you've seen through my uh, my failures. <laughs> thank you, thank you for fixing it for me. I made a mistake. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> uh, so so uh, let's jump into the episode. Uh, for people who are watching this in the backlog, uh, this is, uh, the episode that uh, 30 Rockets cleared out because of a COVID outbreak. Uh, so originally it was supposed to be Paul Rudd and Charlie XCX as a musical guest. Uh, and then, uh, reports started coming out, the dirt sheets, which I still haven't actually found, so this is just, like, a new, uh, like, online newspaper reporting. Which is almost a dirt sheet for entertainment, I guess. Was like, don't expect to see Colin Jost, Aristotle Atari, or Sarah Sherman. Because they have COVID. Also, Ego, Kate McKinnon, and Cecily Strong have said they're not coming in because of the outbreak. So, so, so already I was like, huh, weird. And then SNL posted, uh, nobody, there's gonna be no band. No live audience, and literally, like, only, uh, when we get into it, only five actual, like, actors are in the studio, along with, uh, the saxophone player and minimal cast to record and run the actual show itself. And I assume Lorne Michaels is also there. <laughs> he doesn't leave. He lives there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he has a bed in his office. That's where he lives. And then on weekends, he goes home and visits his family. <laughs> Sir. Omicron shit is fucking scary. Like they just they just like it was one week and then oops, everybody's everybody's got it. Sorry. Yep. Uh yeah. Uh obviously, uh we're both vaccinated. Uh I still haven't gotten the booster yet, but I will. Mm. I know, I know I'm a, I'm a bad I'm a bad corporate citizen. <laughs> I'm a bad corporate citizen too, but uh, at least I uh, <laughs> at least they take me to the vet every once in a while. <laughs> I, li- I live I live alone, and I and I work from home. So like it's it's a, it, I am I am not at the I am not on the <laughs> tier of like I need to get it immediately. I'm gonna let everyone who's on that tier get it, and then once it's open enough, I'll go get it. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh. Dude, I, I don't even smoke, so I'm not even in like in like the early category for New Jersey, which is a, which is really funny that that was it at the beginning was like smokers could get it first. 
Anyway, so SNL shut down. Yep. Uh, so uh, there's no cold open. We go straight into uh, like a half monologue, uh, which starts with Tom Hanks coming out. Yeah. Which is fun. Tom Hanks, noted member of the Five Timers Club. Also noted person that had COVID that one time. Mm-hmm. Uh, fun little fact is Tom Hanks was also the host of the first SNL at Home episode. When everyone yeah, yeah, was yeah. in lockdown, Tom Hanks was the first host, which was where he, where we got to see his beautiful home and beautiful bar that he has in that home. Oh yeah, no, everybody. Tim Hanks is one of those special people. Honestly, every member of the, uh, <laughs> every member of the. Uh, uh, Five Timers Club, barring something that I don't know about, is just like those few celebrities that like are just kind of cool. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> just kind of like no notes. Yeah, I, I I don't have like a distinct knowledge of who is and who isn't in the Five Timers Club. Uh, That's true. But. Uh, anyway, so Tom Hanks comes out, and he uh, he introduces Tina Fey, comes out, another noted Five Timers member, uh, and also very famous SNL alum, created a sitcom based off of her time at SNL. <laughs> yep. And a great sitcom, too. Oh, love 30 Rock. 30 Ro- I mean, listen, she named it 30 Rock, which is where SNL is filmed, and it's yep. about a sketch comedy show. Yep. Ugh, I, I don't like listen she obviously loves SNL so yeah. of course she was gonna show up for Paul Red's five timers induction she normally shows up because she's in New York so she shows up a bunch for five timers stuff uh anyway so they I... go ahead oh, go sorry. ahead no they no, introduce no, Paul Martin Shorts Martin Shorts uh, uh uh cameo like indoctrination thing where it's just the Tom oh not Martin Short I'm sorry Steve uh, Martin uh, <laughs> Steve Martin featuring Martin Short. Uh, Steve <laughs> Martin's uh, uh, one where it's just they re-recorded him saying Paul Rudd over him saying Tommy, and it was so. Oh, because Martin Short's also in the Five Timers Club now, right? That's why at the end they left in him saying, "You're not in it yet." He's like, "Yeah, I've only been it for uh, three times." I believe. Yeah, now I, he's, he's I do not. Club. I do not think Martin Short has made it to the Five Timers Club. Really? Okay. I, I feel like a lot of the times that you think that he's hosting, it's actually Steve Martin who's hosting. <laughs> <laughs> because because it. they are inseparable, which is great. Listen, they work so well together. They're very they funny, but they're I also do just not... like fantastic. Just really, really good at what they do. Mm-hmm. Uh, anyway, so we get uh, so we get uh, a congratulations from uh, Steve Martin and Martin Short, uh, and also uh, we get Keenan, the longest the longest tenured cast member of SNL, is also in studio, and so is Michael Che. Also which lives we'll get in the building. Uh, no, 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 no. It's a known fact that he does have a, a life outside of SNL, kind of, because he was on all that as a child. That's true. He, he he can only he can only live though in a sketch comedy <laughs> show. <laughs> That's the <yeah. laughs> uh, and you know he uh, he anoints Paul Rudd for his fifth timers. Uh, he calls him four and a half because let's face it, this is a half episode at best. Yeah, yeah. Hate to see it happen. Hate to see it happen. Yeah, but like I imagine like. 
it's it's going to be something that he's going to be able to carry with him as a joke whenever he comes back. Mm, when he comes back next it's, year to host Christmas. That's right. Oh. Uh, uh, look left and look right and be like, are we sure we can do it this time? <laughs> yeah, it'll, listen, it'll be a good time. Uh, <laughs> luckily, luckily, there are a few pre-recorded new sketches that exist. Uh, they were managed to finish before SNL decided that the live part was optional. <laughs> uh, so our first one is uh, the home goods sketch. Oh, so good. This sketch so good. this sketch is about the filming of a commercial for home goods. Uh, Paul Rudd plays... Uh, I didn't write down his name, but his name is like basically Dave... Casey Homegoods. Oh. <laughs> I got the job on merit. What a fucking opening. It's such a classic joke, and I love it every time. Uh, the I got the job on merit is so funny to me. <laughs> yeah, because it also means that he's, like, the person that made Home Goods in the universe of this sketch is not named something Home Goods. <laughs> this person's <laughs> last name is Home Goods. <laughs> anyway, so he's the director for uh, for this commercial <laughs> shoot, and they have in two real shoppers who uh, who are moms, and they ask, what do you want for Christmas? You know, it's the classic SNL joke of no one knows what to get their mom for Christmas. They did it last year with uh, Kristen Wiig's All I Got Is A Robe song. Which, uh, I will say, despite the fact that, like, the Kristen Wiig episode is not good, <laughs> uh, that specific sketch killed in the middle-aged mom market. The only We're talking about this sketch? No, no, no. Oh, okay. No, last year, last year, Kristen Wiig's sketch killed. Gotcha. In the middle-aged mom market, because my middle-aged mom showed it to everyone I've ever known. <laughs> a lot of these family sketches do really well in that area, and I like them too because, mm -hmm. like, you know, I, I have a mom. Yeah, <laughs> I've, I've got one of those. Anyway, anyway, so, uh, so they're like, so what do you want? And it starts off with them being like, oh, nothing. I'm not fussy. And then finally, he's like, no, really, what do you want? And they both just start saying, grandchildren. That's right. Oh, and they do it in their, like, very specific, like, goofy voice. Grandchildren. 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 <laughs> Grandchildren. Putting emphasis on the wrong syllable. More people need to do that. <laughs> so fucking good. Oh. <laughs> so good. Also, also, A.D. Bryant and Kate McKinnon have such a good chemistry. Yes. Uh, with each other. Like, any, any sketch where they are working together is always going to be so killer. It's like a Steve Martin, Martin genre. It's just great every time you see it. Yeah. And in, in a similar vein, they both have, like, very similar energy, but, like, slightly different in a way that they complement each other very well. It's just, it's really good. Mm-hmm. Uh... And so, and so the director keeps going, like, can we not say grandchildren? Because Home Goods doesn't sell grandchildren. <laughs> uh, uh, and they keep basically saying grandchildren. Like, don't you want children? He's like, no, I don't want children. And then he, it dawns on him that he does want grandchildren, though. <laughs> That's right. And then, then, then the fucking, the, one of them gets a phone call. And then they're like, oh, th oh, sorry, they're both, they're both, uh, uh, they're like uh, the one of them. Of, one of them is like, Kelsey's mom, and one of them is Kelsey's, Kelsey's husband's, husband's mom. mom. <laughs> right. 
and then fun, turns out Kelsey's pregnant, and then they all just start cheering and jumping up and down, and it was just so sweet. It was just so nice, mm-hmm. and the jokes were good. It was a great way to start a Christmas episode in the middle of a fucking pandemic. Oh my god, it was great. Also, also when Kate's just like, I want to say something that, that bothers them, and they do the math on how long I'm going to live and decide it's not worth it. <laughs> <laughs> so good paul rudds i want to have weird opinions about israel not bad not bad weird Weird. it's a weird shape (laughs) (laughs) uh listen all all three pre-records that we get because i think that's it i think there's only three i could be wrong there might be a fourth I think there's four, but I don't quote me on that. Listen, since it's all, like, pretty much pre-recorded, they all kind of blended together for me. Straight up, uh, there were times where I was writing down, like, the sketch name for it, because I thought I knew a sketch was coming up, and then there was an entire other sketch thrown in there. Uh, uh, So anyway, of, of the three or four new ones, this one, all of them were really good. Yeah, no, really, really good. Which makes it really unfortunate that one of them would have had to have gotten cut for time. Yep, it's true. And it's unfortunate, true. And unfortunately, by some stupid sketch that isn't a dog sketch. No, thank you. Unless it was a dog sketch. Unless it was a dog sketch, in which case, you know what? Fair play. Mm-hmm. Uh, anyway, uh, so Keenan introduces uh, the next one. Uh, so, so the, uh, how the episode basically works is uh, Keenan, Tina, Paul Rudd. Uh, or Tom Hanks will do like uh, just a little like uh, basically like hosting of a clip show where they just show where they show up and they go about it where they tell like a little story and then like this sketch name of sketch is up next and then you get to watch that sketch uh, so Keenan Keenan and Tina are there and I just really like this one joke that he cracks during this little interlude where Tina says, Keenan's the only one who actually knows how to skate, even though we show that skating at 30 Rock. And Keenan just goes, Mighty Ducks forever. <laughs> God, I love this. Oh. I really like these interludes because, I mean, it, it's one of those things that SNL manages to do really, really well, where it's just like, these people clearly really, they're, they're a bunch of like, assumedly nice people, all spending time with each other in this building, trying to get this show off the ground. And they like, they like this business. They like what they're doing. And they're, these people were in these sketches. They're reminiscing about something that they enjoyed. And I think there's something special and genuine about that. It's a really good Christmas episode. They, they accidentally made a better, a better version of a very Murray Christmas by doing it for real this time. (laughs) Uh, I, I will I will also say that SNL is one of the few like TV shows where they could just show old like old things that they did that were good and they still are like and it's still a good ep- like I'll still watch that episode like once I, I won't but it will still be a good episode mm-hmm. once I found out that this was basically going to be a clip show I was like all right I'm strapping in it's still gonna be funny uh, anyway so we move into uh, the next sketch which is uh, the Lonely Island's Dick in a Box. Classic. Classic, classic little Christmas sketch. Not really my favorite Lonely Island song. Not Me either. My, my favorite's the fucking one with the, uh, uh, the Captain Jack Sparrow and all that. Yeah. <laughs> with Michael <laughs> Bolton. Michael Bolton, thank you. Yeah, that one's really good. Uh, obviously, uh, Like a Boss is mm-hmm. so classic to me. And Threw yeah. It on the Ground is also another, another great. Cl- anyway. Lonely Island. 
Lonely Island is always great. Uh, you know, a lot of fun. Always going to be uh, a, a like hit with everyone. Uh, and this one's obviously Christmas themed because it's about giving your dick as a gift. And I think the wildest part for me was just to see like young Andy Samberg, young Maya Rudolph, young Kristen Wiig, and young Justin Timberlake. <laughs> Justin Timberlake, Justin Timberlake. Fair, like like thirty eight to forty five, Justin Timberlake. Yeah. <laughs> oh, a great time. No notes. Yeah, no notes. Listen, we'll we'll go over Dick in a Box if we ever do a sketch up episode on that episode. Yeah, I mean, like, there's just not much to say about Dick in a Box. It it's got one joke. They do it. Maybe it goes on a little long. Whatever. Who but cares? even then, it's like a short song. Yeah, no, it's it's and also uh, it's just like it's too iconic to touch. Mm-hmm. Like you all know Dick in a Box. Yeah, and if you don't, you'll watch it. And you'll be like, I don't get it. You'll be like, that's fine. It's a fun joke about a penis. So like you know. Yeah. Though I I think the weirdest part for me is like if SNL made that nowadays the like step one, cut a hole in a box like that whole refrain would have happened two or three times. It's true. It happens true. one time in that entire song, and it's one of it's it's the second most iconic part of the song. Yeah, no, it's it's true. It's yeah. Again, no notes. Yep. Uh, so we move on. Uh, next up is uh, the next uh, new pre-recorded sketch: uh, "An Evening with Pete Davidson." Uh, this uh, I'm pretty sure that this one would have been cut for time because it's so fucking weird. But oh my god, do I love it! Sin. It would have been a sin if they <laughs> cut this for time. Go, God Himself struck down Thirty Rock to make sure that this sketch could air on Christmas. Uh, so so Paul Rudd introduces uh, this sketch talking about how for Pete Davidson his classic black and white film is Raging Bull which you know I love Raging Bull because I'm very Italian <laughs> it's, it's a very it's a very self-identified uh, 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 Staten Island song if ever there was or not song movie for Christmas if there ever was one <laughs> it's Anyway, of course, so it the starts... correct answer for that is always Die Hard. I mean, yeah, but that's not in black and white. True, it's true. Uh, so anyway, uh, it starts. It starts with Pete. It starts with Pete Davidson in twenty fifty four, doing doing the opening of Raging Bull, where he's in like a shitty suit he's too fat for, and he's like smoking and staring into the mirror and talking at himself because he's been concussed so hard. <laughs> Uh, and Dismuse comes on and he says, hey, listen, you've got Weekend Update in five. And he's like, I'll be there in six. <laughs> God. And it cuts. It's so it's stylish. It's also just like, it's got, they lean into that whole aesthetic where the, you know, there's, there's cigarette smoke wafting up in pretty much every <laughs> single scene. I, I don't know anything about cinematography, but probably something cinematography word. Uh, it's just like. Yeah, yeah, and they, the, they have a lot of diffused lighting, is the term. Ooh, ooh, yes, yes, they do that thing. Ah, <laughs> uh, it's so, and like, it cuts, and Pete obviously owns this bar here, because he's a washed-up performer, and that's yeah. what, that's what, like, that's what sports people do and such. <laughs> 
fucking oh, it's so because it plays on Jake Lamato also owned a bar where he basically did what Pete does where he goes on and he plays the hits. Anyway, Pete Davidson goes on stage for this bar and he's doing a weekend update special with Colin Jostbot. God, so good. <laughs> Colin Jostbot. <laughs> And uh, and someone from the audience is like, "Do Chad." I can't just do Chad. <laughs> it's it's a two it's a two person sketch. Do Chad. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and that's the full thing, and everyone's cheering. It's so. <laughs> I don't I don't know if it's like I don't know what it is. Maybe it's because it's surrounded by an empty, uh, an empty thirty rock. But it feels so apo- that like that sketch feels so apocalyptic to me. Really, That's I don't wild. I don't know what it is about it. I think it's because like everything we know about what's going on at the studio at the moment. But also, I don't know because eventually he meets his old writing partner, pushes him away, oh. and goes to meet him out uh, out on a bench. And that bench is alone in the entire world. Oh. And that, and that's the only thing that exists in that shot. There's no other part to it. Like, normally there'd be a background or something. <laughs> oh my I get that's supposed to be stylistic and stuff, but also Raging yeah. Bull's a sad movie. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I get you. I, I, so I only, I haven't seen Raging Bull, but I watch a lot of noir, noir movies because I guess I'm just trying to get a jump start on being my dad. Uh, but uh, <laughs> it's just, it's it, it filled a lot of that with, like, this old washed up, like asshole and he's just like nobody wants to hang out with him we're hanging around in smoky bars and being sad and trying to (laughs) but there's also this angle where he's like trying to throw out these like exchanges and stories with people and people just don't have the fucking time for it (laughs) it's very good it's just like it leans so hard into its aesthetic and it's just funny by virtue of being like a lot of things don't SNL rarely has the confidence to or I don't it, it cashes out too early on a lot of these things. It, like, does a, a silly, out-of-style joke, and then you're like, okay, well, now I'm out of it. And the it was already funny. It's already funny that it's, like, it's all of these... It, it's, it's already funny that this Pete Davidson, this, like, <laughs> this, like youthful guy that's like really popular right now showing him at the like worst most washed up like playing it so hard that it is itself a joke it's just it's really really good i can't it's mm-hmm. so there's also there's also something to be said snl kind of, i don't know for me personally there's like a part of snl that just kind of relies on look at these historically funny people playing it straight in sketches that i yeah. love where, where, you know, it's like when you see your created character in, like, a video game cutscene, and you're like, that doesn't belong. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're right. That's also a part. It's just, I, so good. So very good. And then it also, again, a lot of these, they did a very good job. Um, Nobody wants to be sad right now. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's the holidays, and it's Corvid. Like, <laughs> we're, all of these sketches, even the fucking Rage and Bull one. They all have happy endings. I don't... We don't... We don't have time for others. I don't know. I think I think the next sketch that we have to talk about does not have a happy ending. Oh, God. Is it the one I'm thinking of? Or do it's we have uh, the elves. Oh, okay. <laughs> it doesn't have a happy ending. That, one, that one's a twofer. So, so, uh, so we move into uh, another old school sketch. Uh, 
Keenan introduces this one. He came, apparently, he, he tells the story. He came up with the idea and was pitched it to a writer who giggled and wrote the whole sketch. Uh, and he says that part of the thing he loves is to see, like, people just writing stuff to make themselves laugh. Yep. Which, uh, every, every, the best SNL sketches are all written because it, the person who wrote them laughed at this idea. Yes. And you can tell when those, when those sketches mm -hmm. come up. Because it's not based on the news. It's not based on, uh, it's not based on something that's going on, or it might be, but it's not based, it's just, and it's weird. It's, oh, it's, it's, it's always left. Uh, Somebody wrote the word "doghead man" on a fucking whiteboard <laughs> and then put a dollar sign through the S, and then everybody laughed. Like that's that's it. That's yep. it's. Uh, anyway, so so uh, naughty elves. Uh, the entire gimmick of this sketch is that uh, the Santa's uh, three of Santa's elves are not doing. Uh, are not building toys in hopes of having Santa dominatrix style punish them. Uh, it's it's a it's a fun bit. It's yeah. uh, I always get uncomfortable with these sketches in SNL because SNL is uncomfortable with these sketches because there's only so much they can say, mm -hmm. and so they end up like it, it, it's they're always awkward to me. But the joke itself is very funny. Um, and they do a good, they do a better job than most, uh, times, like, skirting the line on it. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's also, it's also fun, like, especially for these older sketches, which is to see how, like, the bar has kind of changed. I'll definitely get into that in the sketch after this, but... <laughs> <laughs> anyway, anyway, so, basically, yeah, that's, the whole sketch is just them basically being like, are you gonna punish us, Santa? And Bobby Moynihan plays a quality Santa... Yeah, it does. I really, and it couldn't have been the punchline, but I think the best part of the the sketch was when they were like, "Why aren't you? Why aren't you just fucking railing us, Santa?" And then he's like, uh, "And he's like, if this were three thousand years ago, I'll tell you." <laughs> but now, I've, I've. This is why I'm Santa. I've, I've, I've even doubt. <laughs> I would have preferred it though if uh if when he said Mrs. Claus was the boss, uh we did a, a we, we, yeah, we did a female a dominatrix. <laughs> yeah, like that that would have been a good punchline instead of you're all fired. <laughs> yeah, which not a happy ending. Listen, those yeah. those elves lost their job. <laughs> not an I mean, you know, those sexually harassing elves lost their job. So Fair. we'll take we'll take it. But I, I think I think the the more fun punchline for the world that we've created was more uh, along the lines of uh, uh, no, we're I'm not going to fuck you, but you this person will. Like that's, <laughs> that's I don't know, but uh, but still, it, it's a fun enough sketch. I've got I. It was weird when uh, uh, the person on the far left. I don't know if they were a, a cast member or uh, 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 the host. Uh, was holding a uh, uh, oh Ryan Gosling a gumdrop. Yeah, okay, Ryan Gosling was holding a gumdrop over his junk, and I thought the joke was that he had a boner, but the joke was that he was going to drop the gumdrop. I think I think it was a twofer. Down. I think that one was a twofer. I guess it kind of confused me though, because when he lifted it, there was not a boner, and I was like, "What am I doing?" <laughs> yeah, listen, listen, <laughs> we're doing, we're missing. <laughs> Dick jokes are the easiest goals. So. <laughs> You just say the word. It's a funny word. Mm -hmm. All right. Something so, with poop. 
Um, so after after uh, the Naughty Elves comes, uh, Tom Hanks introduces a sketch from his fifth time hosting, which was in 1991, which for me like kind of blows my mind that Tom Hanks hosted SNL five times before Clinton was elected. <laughs> he's so famous. I he's know. Been famous for his whole life. I like he's I I remember watching him in fucking I I did a two, one of my friends and I we watched like two seasons of Family Ties like as a joke. Is Tom Hanks in Family Ties? Yeah, he plays it's very funny. He plays the scum of the earth. Oh <laughs> he wow. He plays an uncle uh, of the he plays an uncle of the kids like uh, I think the the father's brother. Um and he, uh, every single time, he has a different problem. Oh, he's, time, he's the very special episode family member. He is member. every very special episode. He's an alcoholic <laughs> at one episode, and he ends up drinking maraschino cherry fluid because it has alcohol in it. <laughs> and then that's when they decide they need to take... I think every episode he gets taken to rehab, I don't know for sure. That's... Um, <laughs> Oh, there is an episode unrelated to this um, in which uh, 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 Marty McFly takes starts taking speed, repaints his whole room, and then his dad comes in and realizes that he's on speed and says, uh, and he's like, are you mad? And he's like, no, 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 kid. We all did speed. And I was like, <laughs> 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 That's unreal. But anyway, but yeah, no, at one point he like comes on to his niece. It was weird. He he only played the worst person ever. Anyway, yeah, so um, Tom Hanks has been famous forever, as it turns out. Absolutely. Which God, which really does also show our age because we have no idea about Tom Hanks pre oh, yeah, Forrest no. Gump, basically. Pre big. Yeah, pre big. <laughs> uh anyway, so we get uh, a global warming Christmas special. A 1991 take on global warming. So we get we get Shrek himself. <laughs> we get we get the guy that made three very long movies <laughs> that that almost ruined Dick Jim. Almost. I don't. I don't like Michael Myers. I don't I, like him. <laughs> I love Michael Myers. <laughs> But I will say, I will say that his Carl Zagan sucks. He sounds like Kermit the Frog the whole time. Because he just does his Mike Myers, he does his, he does his fucking, he does his fucking Mike Myers, or Mike Myers goofy voice. And then he does his Mike Myers goofy face. The problem with Mike Myers is that he's relatively, he's, he's, he is allegedly a funny person, but you can't let him run the show. He doesn't deserve a show. (laughs) (laughs) You're right. He doesn't deserve a show. But he definitely Make him does. Shrek. He's great as Shrek. He needs a director. Someone needs to tell this man what to do because if he does something, he's gonna make a mess. <laughs> uh, anyway, Tom Hanks comes out as Dean Martin, uh, which, which for like for the youngins, Dean Martin was a classic uh, rat. He wasn't part of the Rat Pack, which is Frank Sinatra, Sammy Davis Jr., and others. Uh, but he was, like, akin to them. They they blew up at the same time, and they all hosted, like, holiday specials, New Year's Eve, that kind of stuff. Uh, because yeah, back in the are, day... Yeah, these are people that now are only famous for Christmas music, essentially. 
I mean, minus, Dean, minus Dean actually, Martin, Frank Sinatra, and Sammy Davis Jr., who no, all have extensive careers in music. Dean Martin, I would say, I only know him for Christmas things. You're right. Every single other member of the Rat Pack, I don't. I don't. Ain't have that, that a kick in the head? No, I like that song. Yeah, I know Dean made it. I'm just saying, you say Dean Martin, I think Christmas. Oh, uh, maybe it's because I'm Italian again. <laughs> Dean Martin was much bigger in my household. <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, Tom Hanks comes on as like a pretty good Dean Martin for like how he how he acts during all those specials because he is hammered the entire time. <laughs> uh, so we get. So we get like some some jokes about global warming, how the Christmas trees are gonna be like fucking like two inches off the ground as the biggest one. We cut to I don't even know I don't even know who was on SNL at the time. I'm gonna be honest. Ninety one is there there's a distinct like you hit a certain point and I have no idea about SNL. <laughs> Uh, one of the guys was uh, uh, what's his name? The the non Mike Myers, Mike Myers alike. Dana. Some Mike Myers stuff. What? Dana Carvey. Yeah, Dana Carvey was in there. Yeah, Dana Carvey comes in later. Yeah. I was I was talking specifically about oh, uh, the girl. The girl who plays Archie Bunker's daughter. Yeah, what was that? Like this is the wild thing about this sketch is just like, I think I was... we're just missing the cultural touchstones that it like hit. Because yeah, but I you don't need cultural touchstones for Dick in a Box. Yeah, no, that's why Dick in a Box is a better sketch for the long run. I'm, I'm being mad. I'm oh, mad. okay. because I, because I, I do feel I do feel like there's like a distinct part because we're children of the internet. We don't understand that only what only having TV was really like. Yeah. And so also, I'm, I don't think we understood what like being an adult in the '90s was like. It sounds terrible. I'd yeah. hate to do it. Yeah. It it sounds like you're just watching. It sounds like you're just watching a woman break down on TV about the horrors of the future. Yeah, I guess the joke was at some point she did a special and didn't know what she was doing. Mm-hmm. That that's, has to have been, it, right? Yeah, like it must have been. It's also just like, you know, SNL obviously is. Uh, they thrive off of being. Uh, 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 what's the thing? What's the word? Topical. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Topicals are good. Yeah, they thrive off of being topical, and uh, which means that some of these sketches are going to be topical, and some of them are not going to be great for you know watching after watching their, thirty their years later. Yeah, watching thirty years later. That's why you don't put it in a Christmas special. Also, maybe maybe talking about the horrors of global warming in the middle of a pandemic wasn't wasn't the best idea. I mean, Steve Martin's interlude or intro, uh, very fun. Where he was like, "I Tom miss Hanks? the days where all yeah. we had to worry about was oh, it was Tom Hanks because obviously he was in it." Uh, but uh, yeah, was, I miss when that was all, the only thing we had to worry about. We we're like, "Oh, ha, ha, ha. and then we buckled in for five hours of the worst sketch." It's not the uh, worst sketch. It's I hated it. I, I couldn't uh, listen. Listen. Uh, I know. I know. Last week we we designated the cake sketch award, and we said it's not going to be an everyday, every week thing. It's not because this is not a cake sketch. This is a sketch that would have worked at the time, probably. That's true. It would have still been too long. It wouldn't have been a great sketch, but, but it, it would have been functional at the time. That's a mm-hmm. you make a good point. 
Also, it's very interesting to see like how sketch has evolved from the ni- from 1991 to 2021, where where it if was you... good before the 90s. Yes, it was good. This th- it wasn't always bad. No, 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 no. It was good. So so it was good. And then Lauren left for a few years, and the show almost died. But luckily, Eddie Murphy put it on his back and carried it until Lauren came back. Love it, love him. And then we get the and then we get the '90s and early 2000s that everyone remembers of SNL. And then yep. we get and then we get the middle part of like the the 2010s, basically. Sure. And then we hit 2016 when uh, <laughs> when obviously the era changes as it just becomes Trump jokes for four years. <laughs> yep. And now we're and now we're in the COVID era. <laughs> oh boy. Here comes the new disaster. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, and it's also fucking like... Yeah, it's it's gotta be, like, 12 minutes long. God, it's so... It's insufferable. They had to pad for time, I guess. Mm-hmm. It's, it's straight up... It's. I would have rather just have all of the people here just vamp on stage and let, like... Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> we had that shitty show and we were just... Nobody showed up, so we just vamped in the corner and everybody was having a good time, including the audience. Like, why didn't they just do that? Yeah. It's it's such, uh, anyway, and then it ends by bringing the actual Ralph Nader out, which which makes you think, did SNL cause Bill Clinton to become president? I wouldn't doubt it. Because I think Ralph Nader was key, was like, at least partially key in splitting the Republican vote to allow Clinton to win. <laughs> Alright, I'll, I'll, take, I'll take it. Yeah, listen, listen. Anyway, yeah, not not a great sketch. Definitely not a great sketch. Thirty years later, when all of, when like all of the fucking uh, what is it? The just the neediness of the air for like what you're touching on to actually like make sense. Yeah. Yep. Uh. Anyway, so we finish that, uh, and then we move on to weekend update. And Weekend Update uh, was fun because we get Tina Fey back for a mini Weekend Update. Yeah, it's always fun. And it uh, just, you know, you just you just see, they're trying. They did it. They, uh-huh. did, they did the update. They told, sitting on... they told jokes to three people in the audience. The three people were Keenan Thompson, Paul Rudd, and Tom Hanks. And, and you're just so telling, telling jokes to your friends. And without a Michael Shea to make fun of, um, oh, sorry, without a, without a Colin Jost to make fun of, Michael Shea decided to instead make fun of uh, uh, Tom Hanks. It's mm-hmm. great. Listen, listen, he just subbed out one rich white dude for another. That's right. It's great. All, they all look the same. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. It's just, what did I say during the, during the, uh, at the end of the sketch? Uh, it's, uh, it's, it's, what a great time. Just, uh, four fabulously wealth, wealthy people and Michael Shea having yeah. a great time. <laughs> It's, it's just it was just like it's just five people that seem to really enjoy each other's company trying to hold together a sinking sketch show and doing a great job because they're all professionals like i mm-hmm. it's there's Listen, something really special about yeah it. uh it's just it's a lot of fun you know they they had some pretty good jokes uh tina had a solid colin jost isn't out because of covid he's out because he's getting work done which is <laughs> just quality jost for even even when he's even when he can't write on the show because he because he's at home Still getting a quality Joe's roast. <laughs> yeah, and also it's a, it's it's more of a her time on SNL joke, but uh, uh, actually no no I, I think it's it's more of a 
<laughs> back when we had more women writing weekend update joke. Uh, but uh, it's it's a reversal of the it's not what you think. They're not getting work done. They're sick. It's a, it's not what you think. They're not sick. They're getting work done. <laughs> and then uh, I'm glad uh, I'm glad that uh, Tina's Tina got uh, the uh, man who got kicked off of airplane for wearing women's women's panties joke in. <laughs> yep. Yep. <laughs> yep. Oh. Quality weekend update. It always is. Yeah. Even even at like this, we're sitting in chairs. We don't have the update desk. We don't have the update background. <laughs> and it just it just shows just the strength of the writing and delivery. That like the pictures would be great. The desk is is fun. We really just need the people and the words, and, mm -hmm. and we use the people and the words, and it worked. All right. So after weekend update, we get uh, the. Uh, the uh, musical sketch with Paul Rudd and Kyle Mooney uh, about the bird. This is a. Do you the, know the reference to the songs making? Kind. I know. I like like they're fucking like the way that they said it and stuff. I understand that they're one hundred percent like it hits like a part in the back of my brain, but I don't have it like in the front of my brain. So among people, uh, it might just be among people that need to make long car rides for Christmas. Um, there is a radio song that gets played all the time, and it is insufferable. It is long. <laughs> it is sad as hell. It's about a kid that's poor and his mother has cancer. And it's just, I, I don't know, it might end well. I don't listen to it because it, 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 it is apparently, or it is really catchy also. So you just have this, like, I'm going to buy these shoes. It's just, it's so... It's it, the insufferable thing is that it is a sad, long Christmas song that you need to listen to because it's the only Christmas song on the radio, and we're only listening to Christmas songs on this car ride. And everyone, <laughs> it's nobody likes Christmas shoes. Um, it is a staple of Christmas. <laughs> oh wow, I've and, I've probably heard it once or twice randomly. Yeah, no, you're you're better off for it. It's it's not good. Um, <laughs> or or it's good. It's not good. I don't like it. Cake, cake song of the night. Um, but, uh, and so, because the joke of this one is, it's Christmas socks, not Christmas shoes. Mm -hmm. And the kid can't afford the Christmas socks. Um, and it's weird, though, because instead of leaning into how painfully sad they've made this song, they just lent into... Oh, how really weird it is that some guy is stopping a kid in a store... And everyone's upset <laughs> that they're stopping this kid in the store for, like, six minutes. Yeah. And that's fun, too. I'd rather them have really ripped this song a new one. It's entirely possible that I'm I'm putting my hatred of this song on everyone else. Um, <laughs> oh, like your hatred of Blink-182? It's true. But I, I, I will say that my Blink-182 hatred is less founded than my hatred for this song. <laughs> My Blink One Eighty Two hatred is uh, that's a journey I need to take on my own. My my biggest thing about like this sketch specifically, and I don't know if it's part of the actual song. Do they just consistently rhyme the same word like every single time? Because I I don't know. I lost count of how many times they went dot 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 bird dot 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 word or dot 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 word dot 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 bird. <laughs> um, I don't know. I don't because again I I go to great lengths to avoid this song. Um, <laughs> so 
that was, I don't. I, I'm not that was my. I was like, oh my god, did did, did all the writers like just stop and fucking someone who can't rhyme had to figure out what to do oh you know what that sounds right that sounds like some christmas shoes bullshit fuck christmas shoes <laughs> anyway anyway so yeah so uh Kamuni's this kid who's trying to buy socks for his mom uh they're upset because their bird ran away uh and paul rudd like talks to the child and offers him money to buy the socks but first talks to him about this about the bird and whether or not it talked What's its name? Its name is TJ Rocks. TJ Rocks. If I ever had a bird, I'm naming it TJ Rocks. Absolutely, but I take the K off because Rocks a fun bird. Thing. No, 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 no. R O X. TJ oh, Rocks. Shit. Oh shit! All right, all right, that's fair. I I I really liked uh, I liked how much weird shit they put in this sketch. I think it could have. I would have again. It, they, if they wanted to pander me, they could have ripped a hole in the song I didn't like. And they, they did enough making fun of it. There is something really fun about all the weird bullshit in this sketch. And they do do some classic jokes like, why is this man talking to this child jokes? Like my favorite where he says, I'm, I'm a friend of your son. And the mom goes, oh, I don't like that. <laughs> yeah, like... <laughs> I think, I, I think, so, I think my favorite parts are, uh, the store clerk being like, hey, listen, like, we've got a huge line, can you buy the socks and fucking, like, move on? You can continue this conversation ten feet after he buys the socks, and then the second, and then the second time that they start talking, and Heidi Gardner's character's like, can you fucking just buy the socks, and can we get on with this, please? But one more question. <laughs> Uh, and then, and then, and then TJ Rocks shows up, played by uh, Charlie X uh, X E X. Uh, and and then he asks to marry the wife and or to the 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 uh, mom, and she says yes. Mm-hmm. And it's a fucking Christmas card from the TJ Rocks family. <laughs> it's a dumb fucking ending. It's amazing. I love yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, listen, it's a lot of fun. I also love in the middle of uh, the Christmas shoes parody, they decide to do a Beach Boys fucking like California rock song in the middle of it. <laughs> oh my god. Which which what I know wild. which I know I know nothing of Charlie XCX's music. But uh, assuming assuming that that was a play on the style of music that she does, that would be hilarious. Yeah, if it's I, not I like, but it's still it's still it's still out of left field and very fun. Oh my god, the sketch was a lot of fun. I will say. Yeah. Next sketch. Uh, next sketch. We have uh, Paul Rudd introduces, uh, he talks about how when he was young, he loved SNL and he would memorize Steve Martin's monologues that he famously gave uh, at a bunch of different uh, SNL episodes because he has hosted at least 16 times, the most to host ever, I, bl- I believe. He, he, he is the mostest hostest. Oh. <laughs> uh. Uh, anyway, so we get uh, Steve Martin's Holiday Wish sketch, which is just a solid three-minute monologue uh, in which in which Steve Martin sits on a chair in front of a Christmas tree and says, If I could have one wish, I would wish for all the children to sing peace and happiness. If I had two wishes, I would wish for the children thing, and then I would wish for $30 million every month, tax-free, in a Swiss bank account. If I had three wishes... I would wish for absolute power over everyone. 
If I had four wishes, I would wish for a 31-day orgasm. <laughs> and then slowly, slowly, uh, so he adds... Oh, 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 wait, don't forget. He needs to... Death to all his enemies. Mm-hmm. Can't forget about death they to all his They have to burn in hell. <laughs> they have to, like, pigs in hell. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and the entire time, as he continues to think, like, well, if I could have my own holiday wish, he slowly but surely starts moving the children back in the order... And all in all, it's just a solid comedic monologue, short, sweet, it knows what it wants to say, and then it's done. Incredibly solid. Just so... Honestly, I think it's just so classic, I forgot it was from SNL. Or at least didn't know it was... I've heard... I've I've seen this before. It's... It's really, really good. It's just... It's one of those things that Steve Martin was never a cast member, although it kind of feels like it, given how often he's on SNL. Uh, And it's just solid comedy writing, I assume, by Steve Martin himself to just perform on SNL. Yeah. And it's just solid. You could read read this and you'd be like, that's funny. Yeah. Yeah, you can. The the escalation is so, so, so perfect. The way way he reiterates things, but he does them in different ways each time. And the way he, he, he constantly adds more weight to the other things and then eventually the one about all the children singing together in harmony becomes at the end and then the crap about the kids. It's just, it's so, he, he nails it so hard. It's, I, it's, 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 it's poetry. It's, it's literally poetry, but it's also, it's also figuratively poetry. It's also mm. poetically poetry. Uh, yeah, just a quality, quality sketch. Uh, so next up we get, uh, Keenan introduces one of his favorite holiday sketches uh, when Steve Martin hosted, uh, in which he talks about how it's fun when you get uh, what I talked about, where it's like these, where these very famous people, he instead of these very silly people playing serious roles, for Keenan, he really loves seeing these very serious people in these silly roles. And so we get uh, Monty the Triangle Player, the sketch. Uh, mm. And this sketch, uh, this sketch is quality old... It's not even old school SNL because, like, because te- Cecily Sudeikis, Fred Arnesian, uh, and Keenan are all in it. I know Keenan's a lot. Like, okay, cool. Keenan's in a lot of sketches. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but still, so we still have Cecily and Keenan on the cast. So it's not that long ago. Yeah. Uh, anyway, and the gimmick is uh, Cecily Strong and Jason Sudeikis are hosting auditions for the last song in their community Christmas pageant. Uh, Martin Short and Paul McCartney from the Beatles show up and they're like, we're going to sing our song. I'm Steve Martin. I'm Steve Martin. I am the singer. This is Monty. He plays the triangle and he doesn't sing. Oh, but I want to sing. No, you can't. And the entire time it's just Steve Martin screaming at Paul McCartney that he can't sing. He can only play the triangle. He's an idiot and I hate you. (laughs) We're only doing this because we are cousins because of marriage. It's so good. It's so, it's so funny, and obviously, obviously, it's required that you need to know who Paul McCartney is. But that's that's a lower bar. Yeah, that's, that's a very that's, low it's, bar. It's, it's a low, low bar, and especially because with Keenan introducing it, he says that it's Paul McCartney as Monty, which helps, which helps people who don't know what Paul McCartney looks like. Yeah, and also just like there's, it, it, to to this this sketch's credit and to the detriment of uh, the global warming sketch, um, the people at SNL are very good at this, um, and it's very hard to do. Through the language of the sketch, 
communicating all that you need to know to understand the context for why this is funny, even if you don't know everything about it. Mm-hmm. There's, they're very, very good at this at SNL because they need to, they, they want to make these jokes. They, they, they're known for making these jokes that are very topical, but they also need to make these same jokes for everyone because that's how SNL makes money. They make, they're the sketch show for everyone. Mm-hmm. They are, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they make it for everyone, as long as you're left. <laughs> oh. Uh, I think I think my favorite part about like the idea that SNL is only for the left is sometimes uh, very left leaning like reactor YouTubes will react to SNL sketches, and sometimes SNL just say something that's like a little conservative, and they'll be and they'll be like I don't understand why they're saying this. Uh, I could die. Anyway, uh, fucking the only thing I do want to say is. Uh, apparently, I haven't seen I, I haven't seen the Monty the Triangle Player sketch before, but I do believe because I saw on the internet, so it has to be true. Absolutely, that uh, this sketch originally ended. Steve Martin runs off, and then Paul McCartney sings, uh, "Simply Having a Wonderful Christmas oh, Time." Oh, that's wonderful! I wish he sung a better song other than the one he wrote, but that's yeah, that's good. But but you know, it's Paul McCartney. He's gonna sing the song he wrote, and I don't think I don't think SNL has the rights to play that again. On TV. Oh, that's funny. So, <laughs> so they had to cut that out. But, but still, you know, the sketch works even even without that payoff at the end to hear Paul McCartney sing. Yep. Uh, so after Monty the Triangle Player, uh, so many sketches, by the way, guys, because there's no musical guest, so they just filled it with more sketches. Yep. There so, were two cameos by musical guests, so we could count those as the... <laughs> Mm-hmm. And even then, uh, so three cameos. Charlie, musical oh yeah, because Justin Timberlake, Charlie XCX, and Paul McCartney. Oh yeah, and Paul McCartney. <laughs> <laughs> I guess that one counts. That one guy that was in that band a while ago. Yeah. Uh, oh, before we fully move on, also uh, Monty the Triangle Player. Uh, I do, I do love the idea that some of the shit that Steve Martin was screaming might have just been quotes from John Lennon at the end of the Beatles. <laughs> I'm the singer. I'm the talent. <laughs> anyway, uh, so we move on. Uh, Tom Hanks uh, introduces this next sketch uh, from Eddie Murphy's Return to SNL from 2019. Uh, when I saw this, uh, I saw this episode live. Uh, this sketch, I was like, "Oh, that's fun," but it wasn't really my favorite of the night. But Oh boy! Like looking back on it, is it like a really good sketch? This is a it's North, really good. this is the North Pole News report, and the entire sketch is there has been an accident at one of Santa's uh, factories, and uh, they're reporting we don't really know what it is. And Eddie Murphy comes in and just starts screaming about a polar bear attack, which first off, just like the idea of a polar bear attack on the elves is. Such a rich vein because they do also <laughs> live at the North Pole. <laughs> oh, and it and it really and this one really taps into what Eddie what, one of Eddie Murphy's biggest strengths, which is yelling into a camera frantically. Yeah, Eddie it's... Eddie Murphy is really really good at. It. There's a reason why when he was a featured player, they asked him to vamp for like five minutes to end the show because he can just. Run around and be crazy, and it's fine, and it'll work out. 
<laughs> uh, he's really, really good. Oh, uh, you get to see you get to see Chloe Feynman from her first year as a featured player. Uh, as 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 Eddie Murphy like this white elf, this small white woman elf ran up to me, a black elf in sweatpants, to ask her to keep her safe. You know it's bad out here. <laughs> oh, it's so great, and that whole Eddie Murphy Eddie the Eddie Murphy episode has a cake sketch, and that cake sketch almost works. <laughs> Oh man! Oh man! Oh, anyway, really good. Mm-hmm. It's just it's so I perfect. Love, it also doesn't like it doesn't. I don't remember what the punchline is, but it manages to stick the landing. Also, uh, like the, a lot of the punchline. The punchline is that uh, after after we get a bunch oh, of Eddie yeah. Murphy being like, "Ah, oh, the polar bears got everyone. Everyone's dead. Santa knew. Hashtag Santa knew. Santa knew. We also get a quick little Instagram post from the Tooth Fairy. Oh, man, with the thoughts and prayers, mm-hmm. Dan. We don't need thoughts and prayers. We need guns and ammunition, because eating this good isn't going to stay a secret for long. <laughs> <laughs> yes! Oh, there's it's so many so, so many good lines in this sketch. Absolutely. Uh, and it ends It ends with you start hearing the growling of a bear, and Mikey Day, the news reporter, is like, I think I, I think it's singing. And Eddie Murphy goes, that ain't singing. It's a bear. And then a bear claw hits Mikey Day. And Eddie Murphy just grabs the camera, shakes it, and screams into it in classic Eddie Murphy fashion. Oh, uh, good. Perfect end. Perfect end to a very good sketch. Absolutely. Very, very good. Uh, after this, a lot of after this, we get uh, a Paul Rudd-led sketch from, uh, I think, his fourth or third time hosting. Yeah, uh, yeah, I remember this one. And this is the uh, adult One Direction fan uh, sketch. This this falls into one of SNL's strengths as like a as a pre recorded sketch, which is a uh, famous person being a dick to kids. Because <laughs> because there's because there's this one where you have uh, Paul Rudd. Uh, just like being an asshole to young girls who are One Direction fans, where he's like, "You're not gonna marry Zayn because I know what he likes, and it's not you." <laughs> oh my god! What you should know one? Niall's a natural brunette. Oh oh oh! You don't know your <laughs> basic <laughs> facts. <laughs> oh, and it's just so funny because it's just a grown man who shouldn't care this much. Yep. Uh, and, and but it constantly. Was- constantly reminding people that he has a wife and children. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Honestly, this was not my favorite. I I was not enjoying this sketch very much, but it is still very... I was not enjoying the sketch as much as the other sketches, but it was still very strong. Mm -hmm. It's a very very strong sketch. It falls in with, like, the Peyton Manning UNICEF commercial from when he hosted where he's hitting kids with footballs and shit. It's just celebrities (laughs) being dicks to kids. It's so... (laughs) It's just oh, such a God. it's such a good like easy sketch, yeah. And you know I'm glad because SNL used this. Uh, they po- reposted this sketch on like their Instagram and stuff as like the hype videos for like remember when Paul Rudd hosted last time? We got this sketch, and it was this sketch. So I think it's very funny that when when they ended up not being able to do the episode, they decided all right, well let's just show that sketch again. Oh, uh, so after that we get. Yep. So after that, we uh, we get uh, a Jimmy Fallon hosted sketch uh, yeah, of now that's what I call Christmas, which uh, you know really really touched like my because uh, I remember being a kid watching 
watching TV and then a commercial would come on and it would be an ad for the, now that's what I call music, and then a number afterwards. I think there's like 80 now at least. Oh yeah, there's so many. Uh, and all it is is it's just a greatest hits of like that year. Uh, and yep. you know, uh, so this is this is another SNL character carousel. Uh, this one, instead of being crazy characters, though, it's just uh, impressions of famous people that the cast can do. So yeah, and like, there's still famous people that are famous now, but also the famous people that I don't give a fuck about. Yeah, it is. It is interesting to see like who was the cultural touchstone for music at the time, as opposed to like now, because you get Pitbull, Shakira, DMX, Alan Rickman. Yeah. Yeah. And again, actually, what got me thinking about Die Hard from earlier is that this was a Christmas bit, and Alan Rickman was in a Christmas movie. And they but they just, went like, with Snape instead because Harry Snape Potter was big at the time. Yeah. Uh, also, just, like, the impressions weren't very good. Like, none of them were very good. Uh, I think the Alanis Morissette, Lord, and Billy Joe Armstrong impressions were good. That's fair. I don't know any of those people enough to say if it was bad. I will say the Jimmy Fallon's uh, uh, Michael Bublé impression made me angry. <laughs> it was offensively bad. And I don't mean in like, nobody treats my boy Mickey Bubbles like this. I'm saying like, I, <laughs> it, he just, he didn't, he did not do a good impression. And then he did that thing where you, since you're fucking up, and, and it's better that you do this than doing a bad impression, I guess. Maybe not. I don't know. I, it's something that I would have said, just do it, if I was in that situation. Um, but looking at it now, it was a bad idea. Um, uh, where he just, his he fails at the impression, so he just says what the impression was supposed to be. <laughs> He goes overpronouncing every line, and he didn't overpronounce any word other than maybe the second half of overpronounce. Mm -hmm. Yeah, listen, it wasn't a great Buble impression, but but you know we got we got the joke, and everyone else was decent enough. I guess Kate McKinnon does a bad Shakira, but it's a terrible Shakira, and it wasn't even a great Pitbull. Yeah, there's a lot of there's a lot of bad. There's like the DMX a, was like. The DMX was accurate. A, yeah, like you were you were doing a you were doing the things that people know DMX for. I don't know if that makes it a good DMX impression as much as it does make it a good crash course on a DMX impression from someone that might not be very good. You know, you know what's really funny is there's also a recording of DMX doing Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer specifically, and it's almost oh, exactly like that. <laughs> I got to get more into DMX. I only like his shit. Anyway. <laughs> uh, anyway, yeah, so, you know, it's a fine sketch. Uh, you know, it does... It's not It's not their best. It's not their worst. Yeah. It just is. Yeah, and it's not long. Mm -hmm. And then we get it our goes. 10 minutes to 1 sketch. <laughs> uh, which is a Funhouse TV Productions. Uh, I don't know enough. I don't know enough about early 2000s SNL to know anything about Funhouse TV Productions. Uh, if anyone wants to give me, like, a paragraph to read next time, email us at billy, <laughs> billyhatemail at gmail.com. That is B-I-L-L-Y-H-A-T-E-M-A-I-L at gmail.com. That is a real email address, and I will look at them and maybe <laughs> read them on the podcast if they're good. Anyway, so our 10 minutes to 1 sketch, we get Christmas time for the Jews, which is just a fun little song about how on Christmas Day... All of the Christians are 
you know, with their families and at home and stuff. And so the Jews just get to run around and have fun without, without worrying. It's a, listen, it's a very fun sketch. I really, they did, it's very good claymation, which is yep. interesting. Oh, it's spectacular claymation. It's like, I, I don't, I mean, obviously not spectacular, not, I'm learned in this. It's just like, you actually really tried on this, huh? You spent, you spent a lot of time on this, huh? Like it's, it's really, it's so it's, smooth. I'm, I'm impressed. It was As so a layman, smooth. I'm impressed. All yeah. like the movements, there was no like choppiness to it. Yeah, like I'm, I and and it, there's also just something about it that again, as a layman, claymation is just magic. It's just it's mm -hmm. wonderful to see. And every no matter how simple whatever it is is, you know that somebody spent hours and hours on it, and that's also magic. Like the the Jew jokes, like you know, it's it's classic safe Jew jokes by Jews for Jews for the, the you mm -hmm. know Circum the circumcising squirrels. Uh, changing yeah. changing a nativity scene to be Seinfeld. Yeah, like it, it's a good time, and everyone everyone likes it. We've all heard it before. We're kind of here for the for the claymation. <laughs> yeah, and really good. And the song also really good. Yeah, the song the song was a banger. It is available on Spotify if you want. <laughs> if you want to add it to your Christmas playlists, I, I might. I might. Uh, anyway. So that was the last sketch, and then we get goodbyes where Paul Rudd just tells a fun little joke. Definitely stay for goodbyes this time. I think it was just a little fun. Also, it was like, you know, it's pretty fun to see the five people there and then air-hugging each other because they can't touch. Yeah. <laughs> also, I forget what the joke uh, uh, Paul Rudd gave was. Um, it's, but, like, uh, it's, I... it's like, it's like, uh, it's like what Tom Hanks said in my favorite movie. Oh, yeah! Forrest Gump. Life is like a big, weird chocolate, and then it key keeps going and just absolutely bombing the line in the funniest way. And Michael J is in the background cracking up because I don't know if he wrote it or he just or or he has never heard this before. He has never heard uh, 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 Paul Rudd do this in like uh, he was not knowing this, but like he was the my favorite part of that whole thing was just that Michael J was having such a good time. <laughs> It's, just, it's one of those, I don't know, I feel like sometimes, uh, it was like the perfect length of the joke where you start something wrong and you just keep going, and you yes. just keep going, and it slowly falls off the rails, and then you end it, and then you say, yeah, that's my favorite quote. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and like, like you, there's something about playing it straight where you think you nailed it. Yes, absolutely. There's, there's, it's hard to, like, there's so many ways in which, um, SNL can fuck something up and it's really I guess it just comes to the fact that you need to have someone as talented as the five people on that stage to do something like that either off the cup or deliver a line off the cup off the cuff <laughs> deliver a line um or, or or like you need somebody on on staff to write it you need all these like this is it, it was like a brain trust on stage i, I was really impressed and, and loved all of mm -hmm. it. It, was, it was very good so normally for our podcast we would do an offensive player of the week and the defensive player of the week given the circumstances of the show and the fact that there was no like actual uh like sketch work to be done for the most part besides the... Gets both. hmm Keenan everybody gets, both. gets both. Yeah, everybody gets it's both. Time Magazine 2014 all over again. 2006. <laughs> Get you your facts you know right. Time Magazine year people. All I know is the one that I was for. And you don't even know that one because it was 2006. No, you... I was 2014 as well. Oh, was that one the internet? 
No, I've got no idea. I'm just gonna oh. pretend it was. Because there, there's one that's you, and there's one that's the internet. Oh, good. Thanks, Time Magazine. This time it was fucking Elon Tusk. Nobody likes him. Stop yeah, giving but, him things. Yeah, but just because you don't like someone doesn't mean they weren't personal. Listen. Alright, so this is gonna be a bit of a diatribe, but Time's Person of the Year is not who's the best person. It's not, it's not like, oh, it's not like best actress or best actor or best supporting. It's the yeah, most influential point. person of the year. Hitler won it in 1939. Do you think people were like, Hitler was a good guy in 1939? No, uh, but he was fucking important. Stalin won it three or four times. It's, it's not about being a good person, it's about being influential. And listen... I'm Listen, just saying, Elon Musk might be the most influential person cool of 2021. <laughs> Connor taking a pro-Hitler stand. <laughs> no, no, I'm saying you had to tell a lot of people in 1939 that Hitler wasn't cool. That was like a thing that we were trying to do so we could get in the war. Yeah, but nobody was like, oh, why is Hitler person of the year? <laughs> I'm, I'm going to take a stand. I'm an anti-Hitler person of the year 1939. I think that wasn't cool, Time Magazine. <laughs> <laughs> okay. It's not, it's, yeah, listen, it's not the Nobel Peace Prize, guys. It's 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 a weekly magazine's person of the year. It's true. But I don't anyway, like anyway, it. so we can't do we so we can't do our normal offensive defensive player. So uh Connor came up with the idea that we're just gonna do best new sketch and best old sketch of the night. So best new sketch, I'll go first. I think the home goods ad was the best new sketch of the night. Uh, I think that it's going to have the most staying power. It it hits it hits its theme quick and easy, and it doesn't overstay its welcome. I think it's uh, a very good pre-recorded sketch. So that's going to be my uh, new sketch of the night, Connor. Yeah, no, it's, it's a solid, solid pick. I I love that sketch a lot. Um, were it not for my love of deeply weird sketches, I would be with you. But I'm gonna have to give it to a uh, 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 raging bull. Uh, uh, <laughs> the, the sketch. <laughs> yeah, raging bull. The sketch. I. It was so weird. It was so stylish. It was just a joy. It was just. It was. I. I. I loved every second of it. Mm, yeah, I, it I, was I, a. I it was a good time. I really. I. I enjoyed it as well. Uh, best old sketch, Connor. Do you want to go first? Yeah, um, I'll give it to, uh, I'll give it to the, uh, it's hard, it's hard, because I'm tied between two, um, I want to give it to the, to the, um, to the monologue, because it's just so tight, but no, no, I'm, I'm giving it to, I'm giving it to, uh, uh, um, the, the triangle sketch, because, it just made me laugh more. It was it was so so. It's so funny. What like the 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 conceit was just so clean and fun. We've got this really famous singer, and we're not gonna let him sing because <laughs> I assure you, he's a terrible singer. Yeah, and oh, we that's all a... know <laughs> it's dramatic irony. We all know he's a good singer. We're going to insist that he's a bad singer, and then the whole sketch is just Martin Short laying into him and and just insisting that the thing we know not to be true is true it's a it's everybody did a great job it's a fun time it's a funny it makes me smile yep uh so uh, listen i think it's also a very good sketch solid choice i'm going to go with 
a global warming Christmas. No, hate, no, 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 I'm not. I'm not doing, no, no, absolutely not. No, I'm going with North, North Pole News Report. I think Eddie Murphy running around yelling at people and exclaiming Santa knew Christmas is canceled and all that shit is just too funny for me not to pick. I'm a big Eddie Murphy fan also, so so I feel like it kind of just really played into my wheelhouse. If they didn't bring that one on, it pr- I might have actually went with the Monty uh, with Monty the Triangle Player also. But uh, it's definitely going to be North Pole News Report for me. Eddie Murphy just knows how to scream with the best of them. It's just another excellent sketch. They had a lot of winners tonight. A mm-hmm. lot. Uh, so this has been uh, Sketch in Review. Uh, so we're going into Christmas break. Uh, so there's no new SNL episodes. Uh, depending on how long the break is, uh, we're probably going to do a, an episode reviewing Kyle Mooney's new show on Netflix, Saturday Morning All-Star Hits. Uh, I watched it, all of it in three days. It was, uh, I have not seen weird. it yet. Uh, make sure to watch that before uh, the next episode, whenever that comes out. <laughs> uh, we might we might also end up doing uh, just like a, a sketch up episode of maybe last season or the season before. Uh, no no definitive plans yet. Stay subscribed. Uh, put us in your RSS. Put us in your feed for podcasts. Uh, am I missing anything for self promotion? Um. Uh, uh. Put uh, uh. Write one of our names on a piece of paper. Um. And then draw a nice picture on it, and then attach it to the foot of a homing pigeon, uh, and see what happens. Yeah, you know. What? Yeah, listen. We'd love to see your fan art, please. Homing pigeon that to us uh, yeah. at the earliest convenience. Uh, and until then, make sure you stay safe. The holidays are a time for family. If you think you might be close to COVID, get tested, get vaccinated, get boosted. Uh, we don't want SNL to shut down again. <laughs> yeah. And uh until then, uh stay safe and have a happy holiday. Goodbye.